Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. One of the uh, aspects of the Stay K is that we've tried to uh, make it a bit more community focused by having a story each uh, session. And uh, today's no different. So we're going to hear from Stephen. And uh, we sort of asked them to just answer four questions around the last six months, how they've been doing their encouragement to the church, uh, what God's been doing in their life and how we can pray for them. So Stephen's going to share now. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Steve. And thanks, church, for uh, letting me um, do this today. Um, and I guess it's always funny having a call in this room because of the bunk beds. And I think our mother for years on end has been um, drilling into us how to make a bed. And I don't think we've quite nailed it yet. So um, hopefully she'll forgive us for that. But yeah, and um, yeah, I guess in a reflection of the last six months, I think after a very abrupt end to the college year, um, I felt like I had a really low, a spiritual low during the first lockdown period. I went from having dinner with my family in Ranala, playing hockey and interacting with my, my course mates one day um, to packing up everything and heading home to Limerick um, by the end of the weekend. I felt little purpose from day to day I found myself in a constant slump, slump while studying for online exams in April and May. I was meant to be going to Canada for the summer and that was all ruined and I just didn't know what to do. But during this period, however, uh, we as a family started to explore Ireland more than I ever had before. Um, and that really amazed me at how beautiful God's creation is. How can any mind speak in the, into existence such a stunning place? From being in our house to exploring what Ireland had to offer, it helped me spark a fire, a spark a fire in me again for God. Since getting back to college this time, I no longer have the spiritual slump I had during the start of the summer. What God has been teaching me is that there is no point in relying solely on my own strength. I think that has been very clear uh, during this pan pandemic in a lot of different ways. After taking on the president role in the Christian Union in college, I felt so underprepared and I felt like I had to do everything on my own. God, however, had other plans. Kelly Allen, our staff worker, along with our relay worker, Tamsin, gave me so much help over the summer and continued to help me and my, had me and the others on the committee. It showed me that I need to rely on God and that he provides the support every time. My encouragement to the church is found in Proverbs 3, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. This is so easy, uh, yet I love to try and do things on my own without God's help. I would encourage you to stop. Ask God for guidance, because, because like it has been with me, pride and arrogance are no match compared to God's, God's glory. I'd really value your prayers. Between my busy college schedule, Christian Union and Christians of Sport, along with my hockey commitments, um, my weeks have been quite full. Pray that I'll still make time for friends and fellowship, um, as after a long day of work, I feel so drained and I don't feel up to socialising. So that's me. And yeah, again, thank you for the opportunity to share. Thanks, Jay, of Hebrews 10, uh, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body. 
And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I'll just pray quickly before Jane speaks. Um, Lord, I thank you for the service and bring this community together today to worship you. Um, I pray that you will open our minds so we may hear your message today. I pray for Joan as she speaks with us, that you may speak to us through her. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you. It has been a real privilege um, to be with you this weekend. And I actually do feel that. I feel as though I've been with you all. In fact, so much so that in between times when I wasn't here looking at you on the screen, I found it hard to concentrate on anything else because I kind of felt as though I've been with you the whole weekend. So um, your faces have been ever before me. And honestly, that's good. You have been um, just different screens. People's faces have been in my mind. One of my frustrations has been after the talks not being, well, question and answer have been good, but not being able to, you know, sit down with you and talk things through. But if any of you feel like coming into IBI and see me, then we can talk things through more. One thing I forgot to mention yesterday, the aisles have gone behind me. Sad, isn't it? And they've been replaced by books. Books are such a source of help whenever we think about God's care for us and our care for others. So I don't know if you can actually see them behind me. There's books there on depression, on stress, anxiety, on just caring for others. And one of the ones I want to mention is this book. Vanessa will know this. Leanne should know this. Matthew might even remember this. It's the book by Peter Hicks that I used for first years in IBI called What It Could I Say? It's an easy read in terms of readability, not if you really think through the things, but it is just how a really helpful practical book about help, how to help people with lots of issues. You won't agree with everything in here, that's fine, but a very, very helpful book. So I wanted to mention that. And if you want recommendations for other books, I can give that to you. I also did want to answer one question that was put on the Padlet yesterday. And it was this. Here's the question. You mentioned that the dan one danger is giving from depleted resources. Do you think that we're disqualified from caring for people if we are, for example, struggling with mental health issues ourselves? Or if we have our own struggles but can still see God in these, and are still trying to move towards him, can he still use us to minister to others? Absolutely. None of us have got there. None of us have arrived. We all have our own issues and struggles, and of course God can use us. But be wise. If you are struggling with mental health issues, then I advise anybody, go and talk to somebody else in church, go and talk to one of the leaders, because you do need to be minding yourself um, while you're caring for others. Anyway, Friday evening, we talked about why we care. Yesterday, we talked about how we care. And I want to follow that up today from both of those and think, what is it we're actually trying to do? What are our aims? Now, I hope you weren't disappointed this weekend that I didn't give you nice, neat techniques or I didn't give you, well, if person A says this or if they say A, then you say B. It's not like that. 
And I hope what has come across to you is that it's about our relationship with God. It's about knowing him. And then it's about how we share him with others and how we care for them. And it's a lot about motivation, about our motivation. We're not, sometimes we have to carry people's burdens, but we're never trying to carry the other person. We are never trying to take over the role of God in their life. We want to give them enough support and help. And above all, we want them to grow biblically. We want them to be able to know God in whatever they're going through. One of the signs of maturity of a child growing up is that they become more independent. One of the signs of growing up in Christ is that we become more dependent on him more dependent on Christ. That's actually a sign of maturity. And yes, we need each other. And we, as we said before about being a body, that we want to support each other. And that's crucial and really matters. But our aim is that people would be able to know God, no matter what depths of despair or difficulty that they're in. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. And because I want to make sure you see them, I'm going to share my screen and um, let you see. So can you all see that being a caring church? Okay, great. So we're gonna look at this scripture first, which is in Colossians one. He is the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's our aim. To this end, I strenuously contend with all my energy. Is that what it says? I hope you're watching, then you can shake your heads. Because <laughs> it doesn't say to this end, I strenuously contend with all my energy. We strenuously contend, but it must be with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. I love that. That every time I'm in a situation and I'm thinking, help, <laughs> I don't know what to say in this situation. God is working through me, showing his love and care to other people. That's wonderful. And another favorite scripture of mine, and you would all find this so easily in your Bibles, Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He enables me, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he enables me to tread on the heights. Now, actually, I would be very surprised if it matters at all to you if there's no cattle in the stalls and no sheep in the pens, or if your olive crop has failed. If you want to get the real impact of that, write it out later and put in there everything that matters most to you, you know? And then say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my savior. That is possible, but people need help to know that. So what is it we're trying to do? Think of a child learning to walk. 
Now, I, in class, I, I kind of act this out but, or try to. So you're going to have to use your imagination. Think of a toddler, and some of you have them. So think of them when they get up on their feet. There's one look. They get up on their feet for the first time. Thanks, Sharon and Jess. And they're trying to walk, and then they fall over. I don't think any of us would say to them, look, if I was you, I would just stay there. That was a bad idea. No, what do we do? We pick them up and then think about it. What do you do? Very often what we do is take them by both hands and walk with them. I hold that in my mind as to what we're trying to do in caring for others. Sometimes it's as though like the little elephant, it needs pushed out of the ditch. Sometimes like a child, somebody, it's almost as though they need picked up and then we walk with them. But 30 years down the line, if I as a parent, I'm still holding on to my son, Paul, like that, <laughs> that would be really bad news. Because what we need to do then is let go one hand, let go the other hand. And then what do people often do? They run around the other side to face the child and walk backwards, encouraging them. I think that's a great picture of what we want to do. And then when they're walking steadily, what do you do? You get out of the way. Now, to add to it, as a Christian, you want them then to be looking towards Christ. Can I tell you when to take off one hand and when to take off the other? No, I'm sorry. But if you're listening to God, then it, that's the picture of what we're trying to do. And um, there used to be a, a slogan. It might have been Tear Fund. I'm not sure it said this. Give a hungry man food and you fed him for a day. Enable him to grow his own food and you fed him for life. You're not trying to sort somebody's problems. You're trying to help somebody know God. So whatever they face in the future, they can face it. It will still be tough, still need support, but they will be able to more, more with God face the next challenge. That is what we're trying to do. Is that possible in COVID with all the restrictions? Yes, it is. It's possible to know God and walk with him, whatever. One of the other references we've looked at more than once, but I do believe in repetition, is this. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body. That's what Christ City Church wants to be. Mature body of believers and Christ is the head. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You have a part to play. God has put you in your position because you have a part to play for him. Every person has a role to play in the body of Christ and all of church life is important. Now, follow me for a minute. A lot of what we've been thinking about is what I would call reactive care. In other words, somebody's in difficulty, how can you support? How can you help them? How can you help them to know God? But the important thing is this, reactive care is only a tiny bit of Christian caring. And what is so important is proactive care. Look at this question. What is a major influence on how we as Christians face difficulties in life? When something really difficult happens, I think there's two things that will affect how we face it. One is this, 
the strength and maturity of our walk with God, our knowledge of God and our trust in him. And the second thing is this, the support we have, being part of a community of faith. We need to all be involved in that right now, listening to teaching, taking all the opportunities we can get to be built up. A very good friend of mine called Norma died last year. I got to know her when I was a student through the Christian Union. For 35 years, she had rheumatoid arthritis and had increasing pain and immobility. A couple of years ago, I said to Norma one day, we were chatting and I said to her, Norma, how, you know, how do you keep going in terms of your trust in God? She said, Joan, I'm so glad for the relationship I had with God before I took ill. I'm glad for the church teaching I had. I'm glad for the Bible study. I'm glad for the prayer meetings. I'm glad for the conference, conferences I went to, because it built up that strength that then was with her through all the years of pain and disability. That made me think, think back to Genesis. Remember Joseph's dreams? The seven years of famine after the seven years of plenty. When we have got opportunities for teaching and opportunities for fellowship, we need to make the most of them. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're all going to become desperately ill in the future. What I am saying is that we need to make use of the resources that God has given us. Proactive care is the basis and foundation of all reactive care. And that's something we can all be involved in helping each other to grow and be built up in our faith. And the reading that we had earlier from Hebrews 10 outlines the two things. Hebrews 10, I'm not going to read all of that, but it's a description of salvation, verses 19 to 23. We can draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full insurance that faith brings because we've been forgiven we've been set free so we don't need to have a guilty conscience and hold to the hope we profess because God is faithful we need that's the side of knowing who we are in God and keeping with him and, and his truth and then the other side follows on and let us consider how may we spur one another on towards love and good deeds and look at this not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Somebody in our church recently said to me, Joan, I just don't like, I don't like Zoom and everything in our church at the minute is on Zoom. So they said, I'm just not getting involved. I find that really sad and tried to chat to them about it because we are meeting together right now. Okay, it's across screens, but aren't we glad for the technology? But that really matters, that we don't give up meeting together and that we consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And can I just give you a little aside? I wonder what's going to happen when we can meet together physically, because I think some people have enjoyed being on Zoom. And I wonder is the danger people think, I don't want to make the effort to go out on a Sunday afternoon and have to get the bus or whatever to go, you know, so that's something to watch out for. We need to keep meeting together, whether physically in person or on Zoom or whatever other way we're doing it. So when you think 
about caring, remember that it needs to be proactive as well as reactive. And that God has got a role for every single one of us to play. Let's make use of the resources God has given us while we have them. And I'm gonna mention IBI. We've had many students in the past in IBI and now who are in IBI. And if you said to them, why? They couldn't say, well, it's because of this job in the future, because this, they just want to take the opportunity to take out time that they've made possible to study and grow deeper in their faith. It's kind of like the seven years of plenty before the seven years of famine. So do all that we can to build our faith up so that we will be better able to face what comes in the future and also so we're better able to help others. And I want to finish where we started with God's care for us. Gonna play a song, which I think is one of my favorite songs. It's one of Graham Kendrick's songs, um, it, but it's not one of his better known ones. Some of you might know it. It's called For the Joys and for the Sorrows. I'm putting up the words so you can see them. Please look at the words, please think about it and let God minister to you as you listen and look at this. And when you think about caring, remember, it all starts with knowing God's care and his love and his truth for you. God bless you. Start again, a steely 
to fight and win. John and what a wonderful song uh, we've had such a rich weekend reflecting on God's character and his care for us and how he calls us to join him in caring for one another and how as we do that we are witness to the world and so uh, do do use the Padlet uh, if that's helpful for you just a simple way of um, and helpful for everyone to share in maybe what you've learned and how God has taught you. Lord that is our prayer that you'd be our vision, that you'd be our guide that you'd be our all and uh, we just again give you so much praise and thanks for this weekend for what we've received from joan for your care for us and we pray that we would pass that care on to others and grow increasingly to be a caring church for the name and the glory of jesus so that we might grow up in him amen mm -hmm.